1: Welcome back to another episode of the Bulletproof Dental Practice podcast. Today, Craig and I are flying solo because we keep getting so much love from you guys that you just want more, more of us. And boy, that's flattering. It really does fill my heart with love, Craig. And that's a cold, dark place, Pete. It, it is, as I was about to say that's about as touchy as I'm going to get <laughs> exactly I had to comment on if you guys out there listening want to hit the funniest comment ever go and read the reviews we just got someone wrote as a title of the review for the podcast um, the greatest bromance in all of dental history Which is just funny. I think our banter towards each other, but his review was hilarious. He or she got a little bit. Dr. Uh, Ann White, sorry, Dr. Ann White. It was just hilarious. Craig, I don't feel like we have a bromance. Yeah, we do. It's good, man. It's good friendship. Everyone
0: should have a bromance, right? Yeah, I, I sent you that little thing that you need to have your venting friends. You need to have a friend that you can that you can talk about uh what's going on, what's challenging you, what, you know. Yeah, something. that made
1: that gave me sweaty back when you emailed me like something about like, "Oh, you should have a venting friend." And it, it seemed like, I don't know. I get well, I get uncomfortable with uh with touchy stuff like that with and and hence the sweaty back topic of today, right? Well, wait, wait, wait. But yes, yes. I want to talk this is this is going to be awesome. But I want to talk about for a second the uh the thing I screenshotted you uh, yesterday oh, yeah. from our friend Troy. Yeah, this uh, is crazy.
0: So I got it been up a here. past.
1: That, give some context, so I think it's really important. So I think with, was this from the first summit? Um, geez. Yeah. it was. It was. Uh, yeah, it was. But. It's important because honestly, this is the thesis of why we do what we do. So when we get shit like this, it's like, okay, this is like where the rubber meets the road. I just think it's amazing, amazing to be leaning into the industry the way we do and leaning in, because it really is, it's a lot of, it's a lot of work, but it feels good. it's one of the things that I'm loving about my life right now is being able to lean back into the profession and then to see evidence-based data that comes back that supports that. So go ahead, go ahead, Greg. So,
0: um, you know, obviously, I, I don't want to go tangential here, but Pete and I have on our docket of things to talk about the difference between theory and practice. And uh, we, you've heard me talk a lot about this. And I'm a li- Pete and I are kind of, you know, amped up about this idea because we know that in dentistry, we're filled with people that don't have real practice, you know, specific knowledge and practice management and growing practices. They have a lot of theory. They may uh, not even be a dentist um, and they're consulting and they're taking, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50. $50,000 a year, sometimes 60, sometimes 60. And how I, I know, I, and I asked me how I know. And I asked those people because I meet with a lot of dentists, how did it go with, you know, Mr. Jones or whatever? I'm not really good. We learned a little bit. But did your revenue move? No, it didn't. So um, unfortunately, our industry is rife or, or filled with um, those who have theory, and they're not practical. So we have a 10 times guarantee on our summit. And it's just really cool. So this is the actual screenshot of what this guy wrote, Dr. Troy, um, he said, you just seriously, this is the context he just wrote to us. You just seriously blew my mind with that podcast. Uh, hey, obviously you can see I don't get on Facebook much. I appreciate the feedback. By the way, make sure you come to our Houston Summit in February. You get the ticket at cost essentially because you're alumni. So he, he went to one already. So he gets a reduced fee. He, uh, Pete, I guess you wrote because I didn't write this. Bring your team. We are really going to talk about marketing stuff like that. He said, all good. We are just at a different level now. 27% increase in revenue in the year since the summit. That's 5.2 million million in 2018 to looking at possibly 7 million for 2019 if we crush it in Q4. My team is already asking me to go to the next summit. Hopefully we can make it. Thank you guys for helping me break through my own ceiling that I created. Thin air up here, brother. So that was uh, two days ago. I mean, 27%. So um, that just gives me. And you know, um,
1: what's cool about that, Craig, is I remember him literally in the, in when we were at, at two years ago, I remember him being like, you know, we just can't kind of break through. And like, it's just, it's so evident that like, what got you here sometimes won't take you to the next level, right? What gets you here won't get you there. And so, um, and we're all set, like you say, by our own our own limitations, our own paradigms. And sometimes it just takes like a new idea that takes you to a whole new plateau of like, holy
0: shit. Yeah, but know? that's the reason why we do the, the Guarantee it's on exactly the Summit. It's exactly yeah. why we do the Guarantee on the Summit. It's because I'm like, you know, no one else. Is, I would love for all those guys. We can't, I don't want to say their names because I like, they're all nice people. And some of these people that are consultants are good friends of mine. I like them. But I'm, I would love to just tell them, you have no freaking business charging people this amount of money and taking the money because you're not helping them. You've not built these things. You don't know how to run. You've never had four and five associates. You'd never run a, a $2.5 million hygiene program. You don't know how to do it. I didn't know how to do it either five yeah, years Craig, ago. Yeah, but Craig, that's, a, I mean,
1: all right, I'm going to play devil's advocate. Like, that'd be like saying, like, Tiger Wood has a coach still. Tiger Woods has a coach still, right? So he's never won championships in Masters. So if someone's but trying Tiger, to win
0: a... No, no, no. I, yeah, but Pete, Tiger Woods coach has been with Tiger through the Masters. Okay. All, right, all I'm saying is, I understand you don't have to be a dentist to be a dental consultant to help a practice but you have to have specific knowledge you have to we've been between you and me we've been through all of it we've had you, you know it's, it's the same thing it's like hey pete have you done that oh i did that didn't work i'm like yeah it didn't work for me either oh like what did you do for your hygiene how'd you put them on a hygiene compensation package well i tried that didn't work and i got burnt i know oh, because i didn't put the benefits in and oh this is mm-hmm. how do you cover ce what do you do with ce how do you what's your associate contract look like what do you do for this it's there's so much specific knowledge that the only way you Know it, and again, it's not the pat on backs, although that's what I'm doing right now. It doesn't sound like it, right? Yeah, it's a humble <laughs> brag is what's really going on, but it, it it feels good, and I'm okay because Dr. Troy, we added two freaking million dollars to his bottom line, and I feel immensely proud of that. And it, it wasn't, you know, he paid for the ticket to a summit, and he listened to some podcasts, so that's awesome. So
1: that cool. th- th- I do want to, I do want to circle back to something you just said that alumni of either the two summits we've had can take advantage of a, literally it's almost at cost. Cause I mentioned that literally at, almost at cost of coming to the summit. Cause we just wanted to reward those of you who have been, uh, kind of also, since the day. It's also
0: good for us too, because as alumni, we call them VIPs. They get special badges and they're able to help. So
1: we had, we've had many people that have gone to both now and coming back for the third as well. So that's cool. It's just a no brainer price point at that point. So if you've, if you've come to a summit, if you have an idea of coming, uh, coming again, definitely reach out and we'll give you that code for the registration because it's just a no-brainer at the end of this year we'll be entering in the year 2020 2020 everyone associates with perfect vision wouldn't it be cool to start your year off with perfect vision and clarity for your practices trajectory heck even other aspects of your life we are doing the summit early in the year for this very purpose As practice owners ourselves, we are bringing tips and processes that helped grow our practices to scale. Learn from people who have done it, not just preach about it. So join us in Houston at the St. Regis, February 28th and 29th. We've negotiated amazing nightly room charges at $179. Even if you've been to a summit of ours before, do not miss this one. We're gonna be focusing on digital marketing, including social media. Hope to see you there.
0: Right. Cool. that Enough. wasn't the point though that wasn't the point the point was the, the point of our conversation was sweaty back conversations I love it I love it
1: so sweat so let me give you a, so I want to give a background on sweaty back because I use it so much that and I think I've told even in the book I think maybe we talked about this so sweaty back is a is a term that my country wife, termed for uncomfortable conversation. Something so uncomfortable that when you think about it, your back glistens up with a little sweat and you get that little moist on the back and it's just, you're just uncomfortable. So it's sweaty back. So we enter my household, we just say, oh, you need to have a sweaty back conversation. You know, something that you just don't want to do. And Craig, I'm going to make a statement here and you can give me a rebuttal on this, but I would venture to say that the number one reason that dentists quit or want to get out of dentistry is due to the trauma that goes on in the office
0: or to their patient. Yeah. To their patient. I don't think, I don't think it's patients. As much yeah, as I, I think I think people we, we start to categorize patients I see a lot of venting you know you're not um, the Facebook troll that I am I go on like these chat rooms and you know and and everybody's griping about the patient they don't appreciate us and they can't believe this and they go on a smile and direct club and they have no value for what we do so there's an internal conversation like that as well
1: so, okay uh, and that maybe there look it's hard to pinpoint because it, it everyone's different for the reasons of the of the pain in their life quote- unquote I just know that that I talk to a lot of dentists who, We'll, we, we all know and literally everyone will raise their hand and laugh like who has that one person in the office who literally just gets to do whatever they want and they get to cause drama but they're such yeah. a valuable team member that blah 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 right and we know it's a cancer inside the practice it's a toxicity and we don't do anything because we don't want to disrupt the apple cart because we're afraid that if we lose that person oh my gosh it's a nuclear you know it's a nuclear fallout we're going to lose all our patients we're going to lose all revenues we're going to be broke we're thinking like doom and gloom right we, we're almost it's the tail that wags the dog oh yeah and so my point of saying this is i just had some experience recently where there was someone who i was literally too afraid to let go in that same in the same thing i I mean i fall victim to this stuff just the same way when i talk to people right and so i was too afraid but it happened and did you let that person go i did okay
0: what did you think was going to happen by letting this person go
1: uh a mutiny got it um, I thought there'd be, you know, fallout from a commun- community standpoint, fallout from a business standpoint. I thought there'd be a lot of um, aligning with that person. And what's happened was it was, you know, it was destroying the culture. It was a t- it was toxic to the culture of the practice. And it's um, been a good. It's been good. So I'm going to read you a quote here, and this is by Tim Ferriss. It's a person's success in life can usually be measured by the number of uncomfortable conversations he. Or she is willing to have Tim Ferriss. So yeah, you every- get
0: you get what you tolerate in all aspects of your life. You get what you tolerate. Do it's you like think- with, with your children too. Like you want your children to love you. You're working hard. You're at the office till 6 o'clock. You miss little league. You feel like a shitty dad or shitty mom. And what do you do instead? You buy Johnny like whatever he wants because you have this guilt. You know, people do. You you you. We tend to want to be liked or be pleasers, and we'd rather not stand up for the principles and. <laughs> and do what's, do do what's, uh, rather not do what's right. What's wrong with your dog? I don't know.
1: He goes, he goes, he goes crazy sometimes. So I, I totally agree with you that, that. So let me give another example too, of something that I just got. I was overwhelmed last week from an HR perspective and dealing with stuff. And I finally adopted like the seek and destroy the elephant in the room mentality. let me, let me tell you how. So there was some, some drama going on. And right in drama, if you think about it, we tolerate it a lot in dentistry. So one person will come talk to you and then you have to go to that, talk to that person. And it's like you play the intermediary in a lot of this drama, unfortunately. as Which the is a bad, bad move, by the way. It's super bad. And and I start thinking about it from a business perspective. Think of all the time. And and by the time it gets to you, it's probably been through 10 or, or five employees, right? So there's two people's time to having a conversation about something that has nothing to do with the business of what they're there to do times five, which has multiple ramifications in the business, then it finally gets to you. And then you have to deal with it. And hear one person. Person side of the story and the other person, and it just becomes this dramatic something bigger than it needs to be.
0: But it also plays into the um, psychology of the people that are reporting it. It's it's actually like the workplace is like a bunch of kids. You know, like when your kids like when amzy hits Atley or something like hey, amzy hit me. No, no. And whoever gets there first, they try mm-hmm. to like get their story heard, and everybody devolves into like children. Like adults don't do that. Like when you have a problem with me, like hey Craig, when you said that, it upset me or whatever. Like what's your pr-? and then we talk it out. But if I went to your wife to tell you that by the time I get to you, you and I are not going to be on speaking rational terms. So it's not even, it's not even that it's inefficient. It actually makes the process caustic. If I mm-hmm. go to somebody, that next person's victimized. So if you have Joanne in your office and Diane and Diane comes to you and said, Hey, I got to talk to you about Joanne. Now Joanne is super pissed. You went to the boss to talk about me. Right. And it's, it doesn't even, it's not even an inefficiency. Now Joanne's a victim. So like you can't get involved. You have to, we have a rule in our office, direct and open communication. You can't go to somebody else. And if somebody else goes to me, I'm like, Joanne is not here right now. I'm going to bring you over to Joanne. You have yep. to have the sweaty back conversation. There it is. I will right make you have it because now, right now I'm, now I'm tr- now I'm part of the gossip. You know, if you call me up and say, Hey, Pete's an asshole. He did all this stuff. I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm getting Pete on the phone right now. Cause I'm not going to hear this. Even if I hear it, I substantiate you. You feel Pete feels victimized. Because I'm like, hey man, I had this one-hour conversation with my buddy Josh. He says you're an ass. You'd feel terrible, right? You'd feel you'd you'd be mad, mad at me. Well, what do you mean one hour about me? What 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 did you guys talk about?
1: So so therein lies what you should do, I think. And right, and and I haven't always done that. Just in full disclosure, oh, I've, me neither, I've I'm people worse than talk, you, man. And then, but I finally had because I had limited bandwidth last week, and a lot of that was kind of getting. I had to deal with three distinct independent issues of stuff like that and I finally was like you know what I, because of my intolerance for time I said you know what and I, I pretty much walked that person over and I, and I played the intermediary in resolving this because I did not have the time to hear your side and then go hear your side and then come back and hear you know talk to person A again and then confirm the person I just said we're getting in a room and I mediated the resolution I asked the questions I said how does that make you feel what she just said you know the response was not so good I said okay what is your response blah 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 in 15 minutes it was squash They were hugging
0: yeah, of course. Yeah, And I
1: was done. Yep. And I thought to myself, why have I avoided that sweaty back conversation or, or putting others in a sweaty back conversation? Because everyone wants resolution and peace as quick as possible, but we yeah. just sometimes don't know how to get there. Well, people are hurt and they get stuck. They get stuck in being hurt. So seek to destroy the elephant in the room. We all know when someone's uncomfortable or when there's drama or when people aren't getting along, you know, the, as the leaders in the practice, probably those of you listening to your leaders in your practice, whatever, whatever that is, um, whatever context that is in your practice, practice, identify that and seek to resolve that as quick as possible. And like Craig said, the quickest way possible is getting all the actors in the room and identifying what happened. And if you have to play judge and jury a mediator and help facilitate it, okay, great. Maybe that's the job as the leader.
0: Would you agree, Craig? I, I just think you you don't want you don't want to get a job that you really don't want, or you don't want to be assigned a job you really don't want. And I think that there's an incumbent responsibility on in your team to act as adults and you have to adult and going to your boss and telling them the problem and not going to the party is a childlike behavior that's caustic. Uh, Even with my own children, what I do with them, and I don't know, I'll tell you in 15 years if this works or not. When Gavin says, Sage hit me and they both come running. No, no, no. no, He hit me. No, he hit me. I'm like, you're both punished. Both of you go to your room separately. You're both punished because if you have to go to me, I'm not going to sit here and be the judge and jury. I don't want to get involved. You can't work it out because you love each other and they both get upset and they're both like, "No, no, 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 we'll work it out now because they they're like we'll work it out I'm like then you know don't go to me because if people depend on you to because you're two people they did not want to have the sweaty back conversation so they came to you and you were a facilitator which is great but a higher level would be like hey we all live in community here and you don't actually need me to do this. I, I just think there's a next level. I'm not
1: talking about every little issue that comes up, but obviously some things come to a precipice of just like, just you can just cut the tension with a knife in your, in your office. And right. right. And there hasn't been resolution. Yes, I agree. There should be an autonomous team that should be able to to come to resolutions independent of you. Right. Because we yeah. just don't have the bandwidth to, to do that as, as dentist and leading the practice. And, but you know, they don't do owners. it in
0: any other part of their lives. But they, if it doesn't happen,
1: you, everyone, know yeah, yeah. you can sense that in the morning meeting or something when there's just this weird air you can sense it and then you know who the people you know who the people are so and by I the guess, way
0: that 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 energy you're describing pete that is cancer to your business to your bottom line it kills your business and that's you what you i was think you gonna can go sweep,
1: oh sorry no no it's fine it's fine but like that's a hundred percent like this podcast is about the business and, and really of, of dentistry and and it does kill your it's yeah. so the and, and funny thing
0: is like the dentists are out there like hey we want to pick your brain about marketing meanwhile sally the hygienist does not talk and hate diane the front desk person or the administrative person that and just like if just you like don't when have you yeah.
1: talk about the when disney if disney ran your hospital I think that was the data that you said that basically people judge the experience of the hospital based on the authentic relationship between the doctor and the
0: nurse. How likely someone is to refer to a hospital is directly related to how well the perception of the team getting along is. It's not Mm -hmm. the care. So if Diane hates, if there's two girls or two men in your practice that really don't get along well with each other, your bottom line is suffering. That's data proven. That's not woo-woo
1: shit. You know what I just picked up on too? You and I always say team. Always. Always. Right. And I think yeah, that yeah. vernacular in our practice is something that, you know, I think that's important to say. And I don't, you know, I don't like the word staff. Well, even and worse, says, we oh, could, it's an infection, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I don't want to play jokes with it. I'm just saying, like, the more you can say we are a team, we are a team and refer to your team as a team, the more it's like, hey, we're on the same team as opposed to we're just hired staff members.
0: And I want to, I want to do a deeper dive into that just for one second. All of thought course. is sub, you do. All thought is subvocal <laughs> speech, Pete. So if all I thought
1: if, is subvocal speech. So you're
0: actually right now, your thought process, you're talking to yourself. I got to go do this. Oh, fuck. I'm overwhelmed, blah, blah, blah. The words you choose create Mm. the experience. So you could tell me, hey, uh, hey, Pete, how's it going, bro? I'm really, I'm busy. I, I'm overwhelmed. Okay, well, what's up? I'm just overwhelmed, man. I'm, I'm going for a three-week vacation to Europe and I have to pack. That's a different version of overwhelmed than, hey, Pete, what's going on? I just found out a family member's really sick and they had, they're had, they in the emergency room and I'm overwhelmed. But yet we use the same word because we have like 10,000 emotions or 20,000 emotions, but maybe only like five or 10 words to describe those emotions. So we funnel our emotional experience into a word and the words we choose carry wait. So you could say, hey, Craig, I'm, I'm short for time. I'm going away. All I'm trying to say is that staff, I don't want to be your staff, Pete. We're friends. There's certain things that I don't want you to identify me as. I am on your team at the podcast and different things we're creating. We're on the same team. You, I, you're not, I'm not your subordinate. You know, No one works for me. I don't like it when people say I work for him. You don't work for me. You actually work for the patient. Today was boss's day. I don't know when this is going to air. Today's boss's day and they acknowledge me for being a boss in my office. Is decorated. That's why I have that pom-pom. Stuff. Oh, I thought oh, those I have- were loofahs behind you. Yeah. Scrum- yeah. So I have all these <laughs> cards and things around. And I just said, you know, guys, I want to make a point. I really appreciate the kind sentiment, but we all work for the same boss in this, pra- in this practice. The boss is the patient. I will, my highest calling is to serve the patient. So every day the patients are our boss. They're the ones who pay us. I may make some decisions with your guidance, but the boss of this practice is always the patient. And I think it's important because those language, the subtleties of language are the key to leadership. and staff are calling someone I'm doing the audible version of our book right now calling someone front desk I am front desk that doesn't feel very good I'm I'm, I'm a piece of furniture
1: we should uh we should aim to eradicate the the, the staff word from dentistry at least let let medicine and other places own that one you know I think in dentistry it is it is the team and I think going back to what we're talking about seek to destroy the drama in your team or else it will be it or else it will grow and you will feed that cancer inside your practice and I want to and, talk can I talk about my hygiene? I don't
0: sure. want to talk about so I had this very top producing hygienist about eighteen months ago. She was loved the business like it was her own, um, really cared about me deeply. At least I thought she did and always felt like she did. And uh, she was the highest producing person. And people were the, always telling me, like, hey, that woman, she's awesome. She, like, runs. She, like, she's such a great face to your business. She was with me for, like, 10 years. And little by little by little, I guess our relationship, unbeknownst to me, started going wayward. I treated her, in my opinion, I treated her very nicely. But maybe I treated her too nice. I don't know what happened. But she started to resent me in the practice. And I didn't realize that was going on. So one day, she resigns um, and resigned over something I thought was fairly benign without getting to too many details. It was really, she didn't want to resign. It was a cry for help, I, I presume. I don't really know what happened. But my fear was she was causing some strife for me and the team, and I didn't want her to go because she was the top producing hygienist. She was literally producing more than anybody else. My fear when she resigned was that this is the end. Like, that's, that was our hygiene, you know, our leader, our number one producer. And I said, our department will never do quite as well again. And of course, I was sad because I cared about her as a person. But lo and behold, a year later, the hygiene department is doing better than it ever has. And... And the team is saying it created so much space for us. Mm. Yeah, um, we couldn't grow because we felt like It was like a vacuum. It was a vacuum, It was a power yeah. vacuum. And she took up a lot of the oxygen in the in the room, and it didn't allow people to grow. And I think that we all have this sp- specific idea of what leadership is. It's this powerful man or powerful woman that's. And did the you charge.
1: tiptoe around her be- for fear yeah. of her leaving? Yeah, you did. Yeah. Right? So mean, it made I, your I, it made your quality of life go down. Well, you I compromised. Just, I, you compromised I, every day with this person in the office because you were. She was the big producer. Yeah. And, and now, and I, yeah, I didn't. I, I, when she resigned, I was
0: really upset. I was like, oh my God, this is terrible. And I even said, like, hey, can we talk about this? No, we're, we can't talk about it. We're good. We're going to be fine. I'm like, okay, fine. So I didn't, I didn't, you know, I, you know, when someone tells you that, but it never, nevertheless, my thought process was like, this is really, really bad. And what wound up happening was created space. And we all think of leadership as dominant energy, but sometimes leadership is just stepping back and creating more space. And now, so she was the top producer. She always produced the most amount of money like 20 something every month, like 22, 24. And now we have three providers or four providers that are all producing more than she used to. So she was like the 23 and then we had a 15, the 12. Now Wait, we have all-
1: Independently, meaning- Independently.
0: Not- so we grew four people that were here that have grown now in, those, in that wake of that space into something- bigger and it's just very interesting and I guess the point of the long-winded conversation is we fear what we don't know and we fear having the conversation because we think that no one else notices that we're letting these people, letting the tail wag the dog but it's your unconscious leadership that you're not taking care of the group the leader's supposed to take care of the group leaders eat last, the leader eats last because when the group is fed and everybody's fed, then the leader can sit down and eat but then when there's a scarce amount the team will then say, hey leader Take my food. You earn it. You pay it forward. So you have to have the the big conversation, the hard conversation, because you're really not just taking care of yourself. You're taking care of
1: your team as well. Yeah. Did that was that too much of a ramble? Did no, no. I think it's. Can uh, I get a witness? You can. You can get a witness. You can get a witness. That's a that's a great that's a great story, and I think it's a great lesson. You know, I got I got nothing else to add other than your your hygiene team has seemed to be because I because I know some data and I get to see some stuff that's going on. Yeah, they're going to be with
0: your team uh, this weekend at that conference. Oh, you decided to go to that yeah three of them are going um, that's
1: gonna we need to do another podcast on that like high-performing hygiene teams yeah you pete was like looking at my numbers like bro
0: you have a two million dollar hygiene practice i was like pete let me see those numbers i'm like you do too you have even more so he's like holy shit we have that like that's something really important because uh, an engaged hygiene team is just magic and i have a lead oh you want to hear something crazy by the way in my vision from 2008 i wrote it in my vision i only i think it's
1: the strongest pillar in the practice
0: without a doubt it is yeah without a doubt it is and
1: so and so to to lean into and and support these and and i think we should actually have a whole podcast on that is like unpacking that that journey into the numbers that you just alluded to
0: and by the way for summit to uh february summit i want to build out a spreadsheet the ones that you and i use and get your hygiene team producing because you and i have hygienists that make six figures and everybody's like that's crazy what are you doing but they're not exceeding that 30 to 33 percent of their collection so who cares if they're making 150 or whatever as long as the as long
1: as the practice is winning as well as long as it's matter. a triple win you know i always talk yeah. about the triple win right as long as everyone wins then everyone i mean as long as as long as the result is everyone winning then right it's, Then it's a, and it's sustainable
0: and we built we built models that hurt us both and corrected them so that <sighs> yeah let's do that at the summit yeah, i like yeah. to
1: add that in and really unpack that i think that and by like, the
0: way if we can grow the hygienist the way we've grown our teams that's worth your summit tuition in and of itself shit, so if you get nothing shit, else yeah, but that's worth yeah. yeah and we've done it we've done it before stating yeah. it i've taken hygienists that are 12 and 14 a month and they're all doing 25 a month now and patients are happy i
1: I got to uh i got to run that was a short and sweet and uh by the way
0: pete one last thing too and this is really the last thing i know we've been talking about it but i know you and i are both interested in any doctor that's listening to this to apply because i know you're building more offices we're expanding our hours over here so if you live in the atlanta area or wanted to live in the atlanta area pete is open to meeting a rock star dentist that wants to grow and hustle and, and be bulletproof and as am i in the south florida area if you listening and your fan. If you have uh, your own practice and it's doing okay, but you don't want to go at it alone, we're always open to discussing. Hit us up. We're here. We want to work together. That's great.
1: Until next time, friends over and out. See ya. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Bulletproof Dental Practice Podcast. If you've got any value or insight from today's episode, we ask for your help. First, review us on iTunes creates awareness to help others find us and it literally takes like five seconds second if you want to stay in touch with announcements and updates text the words bulletproof all one word to three four five three four five we promise not to bombard you with spam text also don't forget to check out our upcoming summit 2020 registration page at bulletproofsummit.com we're gonna be focusing on digital marketing including social media do not miss this one for real thanks y'all